Welcome to the Southland Podcast, a resource produced by Southland Christian Ministries located in Ringgold, Louisiana. We trust that this podcast will encourage and equip you in your walk with God. The book of James is a book of tests, and it is a straightforward, power-packed, um, kind of punch-in-the-gut type of a book. I think of different passages in the, in the book of James that, that challenge us in regards to specifics of our walk with God. In verses, in, in, in chapter 1, we find the test of how a Christian responds to uh, testing and temptation and trials. We find um, how we respond to other people in chapter 2. We're, we're going to look at the latter part of chapter 1. And, and, and how we respond to people that maybe have things that are um, better than us. And you know, peop- how p- treating people without um, respect, but treating them all the same. Um, you get to the end of the book, and there's some really um, great um, and challenging verses. Like James 4.4, 4, which says, You adulterers and adulteresses, know you not that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore is a friend of the world is the enemy of God. And it goes into a, a really challenging text about walking in true humility. The book of James really is a book that helps us to prove our faith. It helps us to verify as we go through the different challenges of life, as we go through the different tests, to show this is how a Christian responds in these different situations. And so, like, how we respond in temptation and testing is a reflection of, of the Christian life. A Christian should respond differently to testing and temptation than uh, a non-Christian. I mean, that's, I think, hopefully pretty obvious. But I believe one of the key parts of the book of James is where we're going to look today in the, the test of how a Christian responds to the Word of God. In other words, what we do with the Bible matters in our life. And in James chapter 1, and this test is given to us in specific um, context there, right after he says in verse 16, where we'll begin our reading, James chapter 1, verse 16, that there is an error that's happening in the, in the, in the believer's life. I believe that error is that they are calling themselves Christians, but they're, they're, they're many times not practicing the faith that they claim. I believe that's the error that he's dealing with in, in the book of James. That's why he gives these different tests. And one of the errors that we often find ourselves falling into is com- making the Bible commonplace, making it um, um, not as important as it should be in our life, being kind of complacent towards the Word of God, when, when really what we ought to understand is how incredible it is that we have this, this special book. So as we look at this, this looking at it from the standpoint of, man, I want my life to not uh, fall prey to um, a lack of excitement for the Word of God. I don't want my life to be where I go to church and think, wow, the, I, I don't know if I can stay awake today. Well, no, that there ought to be an excitement towards the Word of God. Notice he says in the verse we gave this morning in in our devotion, a short devotion, every good and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. For his own, for, for of his own will begat he us with the what? Word of truth, 
that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. All right, this isn't the the theme of the the heart of the text that we're going to look at, but what he's basically saying is that through the word of God, he birthed you into his his family. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay, so our faith is in the word of God. You can't even be a child of God if you don't make much of the word of God. And he has translated us from death to life. From the power of Satan unto God, he's given us life everlasting and he's welcomed us into his family by means of the word of God, the truth of, of the word of, the word of truth that has come to us. And that is obviously the gospel. Wherefore, my beloved, because of this, wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be what? Swift to hear. I'm just going to make a couple comments before we get into the heart, heart of this as we go through this text because this is super, super important. Swift to hear has the idea of having an expectation and an excitement and an energy about hearing the word of God. Mark 4 verse 24 says, take heed to what you hear. Luke 8 verse 18 says, take heed to how you hear. Matthew 13, 13 says, hearing they hear not, neither do they understand because they are dull of hearing. Romans 10, verse 17, faith comes by hearing. We mentioned that a second ago and hearing by the word of God. In Matthew 13, verse 9, he that hath ears, let him hear. Looking around, it looks like everybody has ears today. Let him hear what the, what, what the Spirit saith unto the churches. There has to be an energy about hearing the word of God. Now, God says it's by the foolishness of preaching that he confounds the wise and that through the word of God that he helps us to have the wisdom we need to make the right choices that we need for life. So there ought to be an energy about that. Swift to hear, slow to speak. So he births us through the word of God. There ought to be an energy towards that, towards the word of God, to hear the word of God. Slow to speak. Now, some some preachers have taken this kind of out of context in a sense because is it true that we should be careful with how we speak and we should like watch our words in every situation. Is that true? Yes or no? Yeah, absolutely. And there's many, many places we could go to, uh, to attest to that. But this is in particular in reference to, um, how we accept the word of God, that we wouldn't be quick to res- to respond with us just verbalizing whatever comes to our mind, but that we would take the word of God into our life. It literally has the idea of just calmly taking in the word of God and not being always the one that has to speak about it. It's not necessarily dealing with just how we respond with people, but in particular, how we respond to the word of God. That, and then he says, slow to speak and then slow to wrath. And uh, Proverbs 14, 29 says, he who is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who is quick tempered exalts folly. And this is again in response to the word of God, that, that there should be a calmness and, um, and not and an energy towards the word of God to respond to it. And, and then he goes on and says, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. It's all in context with how we respond to the word of God. So wherefore lay apart all filthiness. And here I'm just going to read the rest of the text. Wherefore laying apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. And whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. 
If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. And I want to focus um, in the title of the message on that passage, which on the section where it says, Liken to a man beholding his natural face in the glass, beholding himself, goeth his way, straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. I want to speak on this subject, living in the mirror. Living in the mirror. Mirrors are interesting things that date way, way, way back um, to uh, times before they actually had um, physical mirrors like what we, what we experience when we get up and go to the bathroom every, every morning and look in the mirror. Sometimes they would look into the reflection of a pond or a reflection of something that, that was similar to a mirror even before they had mirrors. But people have always wanted to kind of see what, look, what they look like, right? And a mirror is something that gives you a perfect picture of exactly what you look like. I, as soon as I hear the word mirror, I think of the old Snow White uh, fairy tale. Mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of, of them all? Maybe you um, remember seeing that as a kid. Um, and the mirror in that situation um, would talk back to... Wouldn't it be awesome if the mirror would just talk back to us? Like, Man, you need to fix your... You know, fix your hair today, you know. But if you were to talk to your mirror and uh, and it would talk back to you, well, obviously it's, it's a fairy tale. And the fairy tale goes that the the queen, at, at the beginning, the mirror would say, you are the fairest in all the land. And then all of a sudden, Snow White comes around, right? And all of a sudden, Snow White's now 10 times fairer. I can't remember exactly what the mirror said, but way more fairer than you, queen, is Snow White, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then the queen gets upset, et cetera. Um, the mirror is a reflection of who you are. Did you look in the mirror today? Yeah, we look in the mirror a lot, right? And when we see what comes back at us, what we do with it is very, very important in a physical sense, right? Hopefully you fix the problems that you see when you, when you look in the mirror. Well, obviously in this text, he's using this illustration of the mirror to help us to understand the power of the Word of God in our in a spiritual sense in our life. And I want us to notice four different things that have to happen in order, four different activities, actions, however you want to say it, that have to happen if we're going to be consistently living in the mirror of the Word of God. And remember, just because you hear the Word of God doesn't mean you're actually living in the mirror. Now, that's a starting point. Obviously, we swift to hear, and he talks about hearing the Word of God here. But there's, there's some particular things. There's four particular things that have to be happening in our life, and I really want, want to focus in on this. And the mirror is obviously the Word of God. The Word of God is a reflection, is there to reflect to us exactly what's going on in our life. The Word of God is pure, the Bible says. The Word of God is powerful. The, the Bible says the Word of God is penetrating, it's piercing, it's dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It mirrors what's going on inside of you when nobody else knows what's going on inside of you. Just yesterday I was on, on the airplane flying back and uh, um, just listened to several messages on the, on the plane and and in the mirror of the Word of God and hearing those messages and responding to those messages was revealing to me things in my life that, man, were, I needed to change, or it was a challenge to me. It reflected some things into my life. Um, happened to be listening to one of my great, uh, great friends and one of my favorite preachers, Dr. John Getch. 
And um, he, it was it was just amazing how it, it's always amazing how the word of God when it's when it's received and and when you look into it how it it demonstrates to you what's really going on in your life if you're a sensitive individual. And the word of God is perfecting it. It's perfect. It's without change. It's doing its work today like it's always done its work in people's lives. But the, but the truth of the matter is this. The mirror is there. The mirror is perfect. It's powerful. It's penetrating. It's, it's perfecting in our life. What are we doing with it? How are we, how are we letting it accomplish its plan in, in our life? One has said that the Bible stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. B-I-B-L-E. The more you read it, the more it reads you. And it's super important in all of our lives that we have an energy towards the Word of God. So I want us to notice in this text, as we just look uh, briefly through this, uh, four different things that need to happen. I want you to notice, first of all, in order for you to live in the mirror, there are certain things that have to be rejected. So the first word, the first action is rejection, rejected out of our life. It says there, wherefore, verse 20, verse 21, wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. The word filthiness is a vivid word picture. James is saying, take off your filthy attitudes and actions just as you would uh, take off your soiled clothes, your smelly garments. It's actually um, also used at times as when a snake kind of sheds its skin. I always think that's really cool. When I watch uh, Animal Planet or something like that, I love uh, I love to see uh, nature do its do its work. But um, just uh, just the other day, we were watching. I was watching something actually on this trip, and it was a it was a snake. And Amy's like, "Oh, turn that, turn that." She just absolutely hates. Uh, I hate snakes if they're like close to me, but I think it's pretty cool when you're watching it on TV. But that's the idea: is shedding the old man. So. All right, so rejection, when you, when you stand in the mirror, there is a sense, in a physical sense, that you're rejecting the, the way the old person and you're trying to, you're trying to come along and, and make the changes to make it better, if you know what I mean. So this is true in a spiritual sense. And what the Bible is trying to do to all of us is to reveal to us what areas have to be taken out of our life. So that's, that's the idea of putting aside. It's your, these are activities or actions that you have to be intent on doing. They don't just automatically happen. Superfluity of naughtiness. That's quite a phrase there. Um, last time I checked, we don't use that type of language. Okay, so let me help you with this. It, it has the idea of an abundance of a superabundance of evil. The idea of wickedness present all around us has to be set aside. William Barclay said this: No one can ever find. Um, this English translation when he says, wherefore lay it aside and receive with meekness the engrafted word. So we're talking about how that we have to lay aside all the sinfulness and then receive as a, with a teachable spirit, understanding that the mirror is reflecting to us what's necessary for our life. In order for, for us to do that, acknowledgement of what needs to be rejected out of our life is the first step. And God reveals that to us as we open up his, his word. And um, I almost got ahead of myself talking about the teachable spirit. Let me get to that in just a second. But my question for you today is, are you actively 
seeking to reject the sinfulness, the superfluity, the, the superabundance of evil out of your life? Are you actively, when you're approaching the Word of God, asking God to reveal to you any sinfulness in your life that needs to be purged, purged out? The second thing I want you to note, notice is that we have to receive, and that's the second word, so reject, activity or action that helps us to live in the mirror, rejection of the old man, rejection of the sinfulness, rejection of the way of life that we know is apart from God. Second of all, receiving the truth of the word of God. So the, the word is just simply receive, receive something, receive with meekness, the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. What we have when we open the Bible is something that is miraculous. It's something that is divine. It's something that ought to wow, wow us. I was wowed a lot this last week, to be honest. Um, getting to experience some of the mountains and, and some of the, the views and some of the things. There was a lot of, a lot of times where I would literally just stand there and just go, wow, this is just the expansiveness of, of, of the mountains. Like for, for as far as the eyes could see, just peaks and, and, and I mean, just, I was wowed with like four feet of snow in two days. Like, I love wow things, don't you? I, I think, um, this ought to wow us is that we have in our hands everything that we need for life and godliness. We have the truth of the word of God. We have, we have something that is better than gold, as Psalm 19 says, more to be desired are they than gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. The Bible says the word of God will not return void. It will accomplish that which it pleases. This is the light unto our pathway, a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, right? Our daily endeavors are, are made, made easier through the word of God. Our lifelong pursuits, the path of life that God has for us, are found through the word of God. What we have to understand is that we have to prize this book. We have to make it a treasure in our life. We have to understand how valuable it is. When we, when we do that, we will receive this understanding that it is the truth for our life. We'll become teachable in our spirit and we'll want the Word of God more and more and more. And I do find that um, one of the devil's tactics is to cause us to get so busy and intent on everything else in life and a lot of things that maybe not even necessarily would be wrong things, though he uses wrong things in our lives too to, to suppress the truth of the Word of God in our life. But sometimes it's even good things that, that take the place of this reception of the Word of God. And this is where I wanted to read for you this, this text, Receive with meekness the engrafted Word. And William Barclay in his commentary said, The teachable spirit is docile and, and, and tractable, and therefore humble enough to learn. The teachable spirit is without resentment and without anger, and is therefore able to face the truth even when it hurts and when it condemns. The teachable spirit is not blinded by its own overmastering prejudices, but is clear-eyed to his truth. In other words, he does, we don't have a... Uh, over-inflated uh, view of yourself, but you're overwhelmed to the clear truth that, that God gives. The teachable spirit is not seduced by laziness, but is so self-controlled that it can willingly and faithfully accept the discipline of learning. Am I describing your, your spirit towards the Word of God? It describes the perfect conquest and control. This is continuing. It's a great, great quote from, from his uh, commentary. A perfect con conquest and control of everything in a man's nature, which would be a hindrance to his seeing, learning, and obeying the truth. In other words, the person that's teachable is wanting to put all of that aside and to welcome and embrace the reception 
of the Word of God. And it has the idea of implanting, when he says receive, the engrafted, the inborn, the implanted Word of God, and that will naturally bring forth fruit when it's properly received. All right, so my question is, how are you receiving the Word of God? There ought to be an energy in your spirit. There ought to be a, uh, a humility of a heart and mind. There ought to be um, a meekness, where, which is strength under control, to receive the word, the, the word of God. You guys are in a situation where you're privileged to hear it a lot. You're going to church, hearing it in chapel, hopefully reading it on your own. And it ought to be something that you can't get enough of. Rejection of all that's going to mess up your life, all the sinfulness, all the selfishness, all the sensuality of the world. A rejection of that as you stand in the mirror and understand that the mirror is the Word of God. And it's going to re- re- when you receive it, it's going, to, it's going to allow you to know exactly what's going on in your life. And we ought to have that kind of an attitude towards, towards the Word of God. So number one, we need to reject some things out of our life. Number two, we need to receive and properly receive, have a teachable spirit towards the Word of God. Number three, we need to respond to the Word of God. And this is where we get into the heart of this text. It's a very familiar text. You hear pre- preachers say, all right, let's just be a doer of the Word, not just a hearer today, right? Very f- familiar text. As verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in the glass. And goeth, he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. All right, so let's just talk about this for just a second. Because in order for us to properly live in the mirror, we have to reject certain things out of our life. We have to acknowledge the need we have to receive what the mirror is saying what the mirror is saying to us and then what do we have to do we have to respond to that right and the response is oh i better fix my hair right in a physical sense i better um you know make for ladies put on some makeup right why do girls have to put on makeup guys don't do that right we won't get get off on that but we got to we got to like brush off the 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 lines you know from maybe you know put on some gel whatever it is when you look in the mirror and and you 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 see what's there you respond to what's there now the response could be one of just seeing it hearing receiving it and going your way and that's the person that's deceived spiritually speaking so when the mirror is trying to reveal to you what's really going on and you walk out and you don't respond properly to it it's like you looking in the mirror and going away going that's ah, no big deal i don't care if my hair's all messed up or whatever it's a pretty vivid illustration here the word beholding here he that beholdeth means to look carefully cautiously and observantly and there's a sense in which we when we uh the devil is coming alongside to seek to deceive us and to and there's a, he says you can deceive your own self you can gravely miscalculate what's really going on in your in your life and god is trying to sh- make it very clear to you through his word and when you hear the word of god there ought to be something in you that says god reveal to me truly what's going on in my heart and help me not to be self-deceived you see we're not supposed to just audit the class we're supposed to actually apply what we're learning in the class. When you audit a class, you can go and take a class sometimes for free and, and, uh, you can just sit in the class and not do the work. You can just hear, hear, hear it. 
But we have to, we have to do the work. We have to do the work. And that's what he's talking about here. We have to respond and do the work to be a doer. This word is literally means to stoop over, to bend down, to examine something with care and precision. There has to be a desire to do and, and carefully observe what's, what God, what we're receiving so that we can respond in action in our life. It, it has the idea of actually doing, I mean, living the word of God and lingering in the word of God and laboring in the Word of God, laboring to keep ourselves on the path that God has for our life. It is, it is obedience. Songwriter says, obedience is the very best way to show that you believe, right? We, we often deceive ourselves and we go away not, not being obedient to what God wants us to do. So when we receive the word, we reject out of our life the things that need to be rejected and re, re, receive, and then we respond, it has to do with our attitude and our action and the growth that God is trying to do in our life. And so the greatest fear that we have, is, which should have, is that we would get used to hearing the word of God and not doing the word of God. And a lot, a lot of Christians, and even in my own life, many times, I'm just auditing, and I'm not applying the Word of God. Don't just sit in here, but allow it to really change your life. Don't let it just be head knowledge. Let, let it be heart change that God is, is, is seeking to do in your life. And remember, the mirror is always right, and the mirror is always beneficial, and the mirror is always powerful, and it never changes. It's going to reveal to you exactly what you need in your life. And so don't deceive yourselves. See yourself as you really are. Let the mirror be precise in your life. Ask God, beg God to reveal any, any area of your life uh, of emotions, of feelings, of mindsets, of activities, of words, of friendships. Whatever God needs to reveal to you, you ought to be saying, Lord, I, I want you to reveal precisely to me exactly what needs to, place, uh, needs to take place in my life. The mirror is very practical, isn't it? It's precise. It's it's perfect. It's practical. It helps us to, um, in a in a physical sense, it helps us to be able to not embarrass ourselves, right? In a spiritual sense, I think there's there's a sense we could say that when we obey the word of God, there's a sense in which we don't have to live embarrassed before God. We we can know that we're living in the truth. Do you know that you're responding in obedience to the word of God? that you're a doer of the word, that you're desiring for discernment and dedication to the truth of the word of God in your life. Hey, don't just, don't just say no to the mirror just because you don't like the image it's showing you. No, welcome the image it's showing you. And ultimately, what the mirror is trying to do is reflect in you what needs to happen so that the, the image can be Christ's image coming out of your life. Don't rebel against the Bible, against the mirror. People rebel against the Bible because it tells them the truth of who they are. And uh, it's amazing to me how, how many people will sit in church, sit and hear the Bible, or even read their Bible, and they'll just straightway go and forget what manner of man they, they are. And that's what he says here in verse 25, Whoso looketh into that perfect law of liberty. Isn't that interesting? Law of liberty. Those two things seem like they would con- contradict each other. Man, I just want my freedom. Stop giving me rules. That's what people think. Stop telling me what to do. I just want to have my own freedom. No, freedom is built out of law. In order, in order for you to have true liberty, there has to be law. <laughs> and the Bible is the law of liberty. 
Following the law of God gives you liberty to live your life in a way that's pleasing to God, properly fulfilling his purposes. I think that's a very interesting phrase that he's, uh, he gives us there, talking about the word of God being the law of liberty. And notice there, continueth therein. But um, the, the phrase continue has the idea of perpetually living day by day, moment by moment. It's not like like what we do physically where we walk away from the mirror. No, there ought to be an intent for us to live in the mirror. So the Word of God should be so in our heart and in our life that we're receiving it so much, we're memorizing it so much, we're thinking about it, meditating on it so much that we're we're not just walking away from it certain times of the day, but that we're living in, continuing in it. Asking God to reveal on a continual basis as a mirror does. So we're, we're actually taking the mirror with us. That'd be kind of weird if we did that in a physical sense. But in a spiritual sense, that's what we're doing. We're taking the mirror uh, with us. That's why young people is very important to memorize the Word of God. Very important to me- meditate on the Word of God. Living in the reality of the God consciousness and awareness of what the Word of God says in all of our decision making. Be, so that we can continue there and, and be not a forgetful hearer. Hmm. How many of you have uh, bad memories? My wife has the most amazing memory. I mean, she's, she can remember people. She can remember places. She can remember, I would say, hey, where were we when we, when this happened? And she immediately, she's got an amazing memory. She can memorize, uh, uh, the piano stuff like so, so fast. I'm like, I can't even memorize a, a vocal solo that fast. And she's memorizing what she has to do with 10 fingers. Her memory is, is amazing. We need to have a quick, strong memory towards the word of God. Not be, and again, another, another, um, place that helps us to understand why scripture memory is super important for our life so that we won't be a forgetful hearer when 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 decisions come our way we like think of that verse that that comes to mind and you think of you know practically like the words that come out of our mouth or the thoughts that are in our mind or the friendships that we need to have or how we respond to the world and immediately the word of god comes to your mind super important to not forget uh, to not be a forgetful hearer Anybody that hears and doesn't do is a forgetful hearer. Because the point of the truth is to, to allow us to be a doer of the work. The work is the work of God. The work of Christ. The work of His kingdom. So when you respond properly in obedience to God, you might think, well, that's just a small area. But no, it's not. It's kingdom work. You're a part of God's family. You're born by the truth of the word of God. As we saw earlier, earlier on, God is doing the work through you. It is God that worketh in you, both the will and the do of his good pleasure. God is intent on using you in his work. And if you are not a doer, you're not a part of his work. And notice it says about that man, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Can't help but think of Psalm 1. Blessed is the man. Uh, I think some of you went to core groups and they were talking about Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walked not in the counsel of the ungodly. Second verse, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. So the blessed individual is the person who's living in the proper response to the word of God. This is soul blessing. This isn't necessarily um, material blessing. Though God gives good, perfect gifts. I, I believe that relates to the verse we, we saw in verse 17. God's going to give you every good and every perfect gift. God's going to bless your life. God's going to give you a great life. God's going to give you satisfaction and success. Joshua 1.8, it's a verse that you probably have memorized, that success comes from hearing, meditating, and obeying the Word of God. 
That's where true success comes from. It's very, very clear. So proper response to the Word of God is the difference between blessing and a curse. Obedience to the Word of God brings blessing. Disobedience brings a curse. That's the kind of really a simple theme of the Bible. So my question is, how are you responding to all the reception you're receiving, the reception you're receiving, to all the hearing that you're receiving of the Word of God? Are you receiving it with the purpose to respond in obedience every single time? And then I want you to notice finally, and this, this leads us to what I believe naturally then will flow out of our lives as a result of obedience to God. What naturally flows out of our life is true and pure religion, not vain, empty words, empty religion. There's plenty of empty religion out there. There's plenty of Christians who, who claim Christ but don't live for Christ. That's empty. He says that right here. He says, if any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue. So he flows right into this. Okay, what's the result of this person? That, that uh, What's the, the result that happens to a person who properly rejects the sinfulness out of his life as he stands in the mirror, lives in the mirror, and he's receiving on a regular basis the word of God as not just a hearer, but, but seeking to respond in obedience? What is the result? Notice it says, If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is what? Vain. Empty. But pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows and their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. So what are the results? Very quickly, these are the natural outflowing of a person who's standing in the mirror. This will naturally come out of your life. You'll be sensitive, number one, you'll be sensitive in your words. You will bridle your, your tongue. How many of you think that's a difficult thing to do every day, right? To, to bridle your tongue. But it's, it's something that naturally flows out of the person who is, who is responding properly to the Word of God. God gives you the, the strength, the energy to bridle your tongue. You'll be sensitive in your words. Um, he that bridleth not his tongue, his, this man's religion is vain, it says. He, he's deceiving his own, his own heart. Second of all, you'll be selfless in, in your works. You will be reaching to other people. You will care about people. There is action that comes out of the proper response to the Word of God, and that is an action of loving people, caring for people, giving to people. People need to be important in your life. Serving people to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction. It's a result of properly living in the mirror. You'll become selfless. You, you You will care more for others than than yourself. And then the final thing there is to keep himself unspotted from the world. There'll be a natural desire in your life to walk in a way that's holy and not um, and distinct and different from the world. To keep himself unspotted from the world. The world is all around us and the world is it's represent represented by the philosophies, the loves of all that's going on around us in our world. And um, I think all of us would agree that there's a lot of wickedness. There's a lot of um, emptiness. There's a lot of uh, sinfulness going on. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The natural result of a person who's properly doing, responding to the Word of God in obedience, who's receiving it, who's recognizing he needs to continually reject out of his life sinfulness, the natural response is he's going to be actively seeking to keep himself unspotted from the world. That's one of the reasons we stand in the mirror. 
is so that we won't love the world, so that we won't be conformed to the world, so that we'll be sacrificing and surrendering as uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2 talks about, and then walking in transformational living. God's continually changing us so that we don't get spotted by the world. So when you get pulled away, remember in James 4, 4, I quoted earlier on, a friendship with the world is enmity with God. I believe there's a connection here when he's saying, if you want to not be a friend of the world, then you have to respond properly to the word of God. You have to live in the mirror. All right, so what needs to be rejected out of your life so that you're living in the mirror? What needs? How do you need to change the reception of the word of God in your life? Are you uh, actively seeking to behold the truth of the word of God as he has used that word beholding the the word of God in your life beholding the natural face in the glass are you going to the word of God in your personal time with him and in your in the preaching that you hear with with that intent to Lord reveal to me I want to receive exactly what's going on mirror mirror show me what's going on in my life we don't we we want we, we we like the story of uh the fairy tale, but it can be real in your life. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Not who's the fairest, but show me anything in my life. Show me anything that needs to change. Is that your attitude? And then are you being obedient to the truth of the word of God that, that you, you know, there, there are sins of omission and sins of commission. And are you being obedient to what God calls you to do? Are you being obedient to what God calls you not to do? And the, it's, it's really not complicated. It's a simple concept. Whatever God's word tells you to do, you do it. Whatever God's word tells you not to do, you don't do it. And you take the word of God and you apply it to discernment in our culture with everything that's taking place, with how you handle friendships, with how you, what you do with technology. The word of God answers the questions that we need for life and godliness. Are you doing what he calls you to do? And then, do you see these natural responses out of your life? Boy, I, I want to be sensitive. In my, I want to walk with God and be sensitive in my words. I want to be selfless in my works. And I want to be separated from the world. Live in the mirror. It's, there's a sense in which this is going with us everywhere we go. And, and, and whenever, whenever we need it, it's there to reveal to us exactly what needs to change in our life. And it's always for our good. It's always for our benefit. It brings success in our life. It brings satisfaction. God's ways are good. He's not trying to make your life miserable. He's trying to make your life good. The law is liberty. So when you take the mirror and the law of the word of God and the truth of the word of God and you respond in these ways to it, then you will be blessed in your deeds. God honors that person. I would say, physically speaking, that's true too. We clean ourselves up. We look better for the day when we stand in the mirror. We will clean ourselves up and we'll look better for life when we live in the mirror of the Word of God. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Southland Podcast. It is our prayer that you would know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. If you have never experienced salvation through Christ alone, would you please reach out to us? You can contact us through our website at www.southlandcamp.org or call our camp office at 318-894-9154. See you next time on the Southland Podcast.